as always, I have a bone to pick with you since this is the start of the show. Um, I'm not happy that you, that I'm only maybe, I would guess, a third of the way through the AirPod section or the HomePod section of Upgrade. Uh, mm. I think it's the latest Upgrade. Whenever it was, you talked mm-hmm. about the HomePod. Um, yep. Anyways, I'm only, I would guess, a third of the way through. I was listening whilst I was running. See how I dropped that in for you? Um, I was yep, listening. Good. Healthy. <laughs> I was listening. No, I was talking about the whilst. Uh, which I probably pronounced not in a British way. Anyway, uh, I was listening to this while I was running, and uh, you're, you're not making my life easy because you and Jason are telling me about how you listen to, you know, Norwegian Wood, and you had listened to The Chain, which was a very good choice, I have to say publicly. Thank you. Even though, Thank you. Even though this will probably be cut from the, from the show. Excellent choice on a first listen song. I am very proud of you for that. No, no, no. Because you've given me that praise, this will not be cut from the show. <laughs> this is but the reason I'm angry at you, as, as is tradition, I need to make you angry to start the show because I'm angry. Uh, you are making it making it appealing, the thought of spending $350 on a speaker I don't need that doesn't really fit in my life. So This uh, is this not is a, problem. a perfect product in a way that the Apple Watch was not a perfect product. Mm-hmm. But what it does, what, it's, what Apple have allowed this product to do, it does really frigging well. That's and the thing. AirPlay 2, I'm very intrigued about because I think AirPlay 2 will solve a significant amount of the problems that I have because I don't really have an issue having used it in being like it's not the hardest thing in the world for me to press play and overcast and then just send the audio because I'm used to doing yeah. it all the time with my AirPods, right? Mm-hmm. Like hitting the little widget and changing the thing. What really frustrates me is I think that every time it hasn't worked because it takes literally three seconds for the audio to start playing. So like if if that is reduced significantly, which I believe it is, that's going to take away a lot of my problems. I mean, obviously, I want Marco to have a thing on the HomePod where I can just be like, go high telephone, play ATP, right? Like, and it just resumes. But if all I have to do is just like from any of my iOS devices, which are with me constantly all the time to just send stuff to it, it's easy. And also I really like um, the fact that you can change the audio inputs very easily on the iPhone, the outputs on the iPhone. So if I want to change some music that we're playing in Apple Music, I can just hit the little control center thing, change to the HomePod and then just navigate the music happen. Like, and it will just change everything on the HomePod. I, I think it's pretty good. I, we've been using it a lot. It was quite funny yesterday. Uh, Dina was cooking, and she was like, hey, Amazon Echo, play Hamilton. And I let her get one song through, and I was like, stop. And then, hey, HomePod, <laughs> play Hamilton. It's like, no, we're not. this is the music thing now. Uh, so that, yeah, it, I like it a lot. It sits next to my record player, so we've got like the whole little music situation going on in the front room. It's it's good, man. I, I actually, honestly, I think you would like this product. I really, because you're a music guy. Like you, you, you were saying you listen to music all the time. Like, I think you should get it, and I think you should just give it, I think you should just give Apple an extra $9 a month and just get Apple Music. And uh, just have you know, the thing running, and you can just command it by voice. Uh, this is honestly and, and then you can like you can ease you can you can ease yourself into the smart speaker stuff right you can just get a hue bulb and just see what it's like but the main thing would be the music you are a music person you love listening to music like it was on atp like two weeks ago you're like oh we have music playing constantly yeah. in the house oh, yeah. then you, this is a product that you should have like I, I genuinely believe it i think you personally would get a lot of enjoyment out of it because it's flat out the best speaker I've ever used. Like, I mean, and I don't have a, a wide 
uh, like history with speaker technology, right? But <laughs> I listen to it and it's like, holy moly, it sounds really, really good. Like, and even Adina, she's just like, yeah, this sounds really, really good. And a lot of the time, she's just like, I don't care about this stuff, right? Like, I will, I'll be like, oh, this is so amazing, and she's like, okay, I guess so. But we've been playing music on it, and she's like, this music sounds really great. And so, yeah, I, I think you, sh- I think you should get one, honestly. Um, I think you'd like it. So you're going to buy me one is what I'm hearing. You know, my birthday is next month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. It's one in the post. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was uh, not intentional and also not helpful. So thank you for that. Uh, let's talk about something that's much more uh, helpful and interesting, which is apparently well, there's a pancake day. Well, but it's going to be completely out of date by the time anybody hears this. But today is Tuesday, the 13th of February. Um, we we record very early in the week. I mean, I know we talk about this a lot, but I don't know how often we actually address it. We record on Tuesdays. The episodes come out on Sundays. I don't know. I don't remember why that was the case. I think we used to record on like Thursdays, um, but we just always kept the the Sunday day because I like the Sunday day as a release day. Um, and we started recording earlier, and then it creates horrific time inconsistency, <laughs> so I apologize. But it's just it's kind of just our rhythm now. It works for us. Anywho, it is Shrove Tuesday today, um, which is the day before Lent begins. Uh, I did a little bit of Wikipedia action to confirm this. I knew that Shrove Tuesday was something to do with Ash Wednesday and something to do with Lent, but I wasn't like 100% on it. Um, and this is a like because it's the day before Lent. I think people historically have indulged a little bit on the day before, right? Because you're going to give something up, so you know you might indulge a little bit. And for some reason, I didn't bother digging this much, but for some reason, in a lot of cultures and a lot of places, this became something you would do would be to eat pancakes or you know whatever your kind of regional equivalent will be. So the, there is a Tuesday, um, the Tuesday before Lent begins, whenever it is. Uh, oh, no, it's not a Tuesday. Yeah, sorry, the Tuesday before Lent begins, which can fall any time between like February and sometime in March or whatever, is uh, Shrove Tuesday, which is now known in many places as Pancake Day, including here. So today in England and the United Kingdom is Pancake Day, and we eat pancakes. I want this in my life. It's great. You should you should celebrate Pancake Day with me. Now, tip the typical English pancake is not like the pancake that you would know. Uh oh. It is. Uh, it's a lot thinner. Like an an English pancake is is really thin. Um, it's more like a crepe than a traditional pancake. Um, and it's it it. It's served with like lemon and sugar is the typical kind of topping what that you this? would have on these pancakes. No, that's not a pancake. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. You're not. There's not. I know you're trying to fight with me here. A little bit. I don't like these. So like, okay. there's no need to fight with me. We're all, right, all good, good. Good, good, good. Right? right. Like, I we used to eat these as a kid, and I used to just put sugar on them, and I didn't really like them. They're effectively a sweet crepe, but they're just eaten with like basic. Uh, they're made with like basic ingredients, and I think one of the big differences is uh, using plain flour as opposed to self-raising flour, right? So like in the in the batter, so it doesn't make it puff up. We will be making, I will be making, Mike's American pancakes tonight All right. because that's you're the back type in. Of pancake you're back in. I like. 
I like the American style pancakes. I've cooked these pancakes for many friends and including many American friends and people always compliment my pancakes. Put a little bit of banana, a little bit of cinnamon uh, and some honey in the in the mix. Mm. Cook it up with some bacon. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a good night tonight. Oh, and real, I have real American maple syrup from the Catskills. Oh. Because we get it smuggled. We have some friends that will smuggle it for us every now and then. And also uh, a tip from the Arments, lemon curd on pancakes is like a godsend. Very good. So a bit of lemon curd with some maple syrup and some bacon. That's going to be dinner tonight, my friend. I'm cooking up a whole stack. It's going to be incredible. So um, the Sunday family tradition at the Liz household is to do bacon and waffles because we have one of those, I'm sure it's not actually commercial grade, but it's like a home waffle maker that's marketed as commercial grade. You know what I'm talking about? So it's like, you know, it's this really nice waffle maker that we got for our wedding, if I'm not mistaken, um, with like really deep pockets in the waffles. And um, Mm -hmm. it's been our Sunday tradition, Sunday mornings for a long time now, that uh, we'll make waffles and uh, microwave bacon. And as everyone recoils in disgust, I will tell you, if you have not yet tried microwave bacon, you should give it a shot because it is actually quite good. And I have yeah, this has been on, in my mind to try. We haven't done it yet. Like I'm still going to be using uh, my usual method of bacon preparation. But would you say that's a bacon method? No, I wouldn't say that. Um, I would say that it is Mike's situation for which cooking the bacon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do have a link uh, that I posted a while ago when the bacon method was making its rounds. What was this like? 2014? Yeah, late twenty fourteen. Um, and suffice. Oh, it's say- funny because when you mentioned this, Casey, I didn't remember that post that you'd written four years ago. Yeah, you should. You should remember everything I ever. We did. need to take a time out now at this moment. <laughs> uh oh. We need yes. to take a time out. The time has come that uh-huh. we need to address something. Uh-huh. Me and you. We need to have this conversation. I'm ready. We're gonna park. We're gonna put bacon in the parking lot. Oh for a God! Moment. Here we're we gonna go. gonna have a conversation. Yes. You have a habit. You have a uh, inclination that if anybody that you know talks about in any situation something you have ever written about i don't know what you're talking about you feel the need to say to people it's like you never read my blog and did i say that this time i did not say that this time no you didn't but it reminded me of it so now i need to bring it up (laughs) this is my bone to pick with you why do you do this because uh, mostly because it's i'm trying to make it funny but occasionally, the, the, occasionally, it's something that was to me like a significant post and perhaps like a significant thing in mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. world. And I can't think of a great mm-hmm. example. Okay, so here's an example that um, something that I'm I don't know if I would use the word proud, but something that was like meaningful to me and that I felt I had done semi uniquely, um, at least amongst our peer group, that it seems that nobody ever remembers, which was when I talked about my GoPack. And I wrote a couple of posts over a couple of years, literally like two posts. I had written an original one and then I'd updated it like a year later um, because I changed what was in my GoPack. If you're not familiar, I have a pack of, or a little baggie of, of electronics, like chargers and things that I just mm-hmm. always have those chargers in the bag. They never leave the bag. So when I go on a trip, I grab the bag and instantly I know everything yep. I need is in there. It's a good post. So it's a very good post. Well, thank you. And so I occasionally will be asked by, or or some one of our mutual friends will be like, "Oh, what are those chargers that people like that like charge a bunch of USB devices all at once or something like that?" And I'm mm-hmm. and I and I'm like, "Bruh, how many times have I been over this? Like, I have linked this post a billion times. How has nobody mm-hmm. thought to go to DuckDuckGo or Google or whatever and type like Go Pack site colon CaseyList.com? 
You know, that's all you need to do. And in those cases, I'm actually genuinely like a little bit annoyed or miffed. But generally speaking, I just think it's funny that a lot of times people can call up like Daring Fireball or Marco.org posts from forever ago. Maybe not that they remember the URLs, but they can remember that that was discussed or whatever the case may be. And me, I'm just like, it's in one eye, I guess I was going to say ear, but I guess it's in one eye and out the other, so to speak. And that, you know, somebody will read something and then just disappears like a fart in the wind and, and nobody ever remembers it again. It just, but it depends, though, right? So because angry. here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I was ever referencing a go pack, right? Like I wanted to create a bag that I wanted to have a bunch of charges and cables and stuff in it. I'm gonna remember your post, right? Like I'm gonna remember it. Oh, I think you would. Sure. Not everyone, and I'm talking like mutual friends. The thing is, right? Okay, I understand if. Uh, that affects you. I don't think it should personally, but everybody gets affected by their own things, right? So, like, I'm not going to take that away from you. Like, if that's the way that you feel, then fine. But we need to talk about the way that you address this. Oh, here we go. Uh -oh. All right. We're having okay. an intervention here because the way that Casey will currently do this is we will publish an episode of Connected and then about 24 to 48 hours later, Casey will send a tweet to all three of us with wording that's something along the lines of, it's like you don't read my blog, and then he sends a link to us. And this happens in Slack, this happens on Twitter, like he does it, I will I will definitely well, well, be able to find an example of a tweet. Hold on, this. this absolutely does happen across different venues at different times, but you're making it mm -hmm. sound like I will tweet and Slack and D, like no, it's, it's always just whatever I feel like using at that particular moment so it's not like for the okay. same link i'm going to twitter no, to Slack. it doesn't to happen in multiple places at the same for the it same a instance. little bit of, i have a little bit of dignity not but much there are little. many different instances in which casey will do this so okay <laughs> the reason i am bringing this up to you is i love you so much this is infuriating <laughs> all right now here's the thing if you want me to read a post or to remember a post or maybe even to add something to notes or whatever just send it to me just be like that was a great discussion or i have another thought on this and send it to me because every single time like these tweets of like it's like you don't read my blog like do you understand it is impossible for me to remember everything you have ever written why like if you, do love you know me, this you i read i read i'm sure like 75 percent at least of the stuff that you put on your website right like i i read it i do but I, I'm not going to remember it every time, Casey. I love you so much. Like, okay, here's an example. Do you know what we do? Do all the time link to episodes of ATP. But where's my credit? Oh, no, I noticed that. I noticed. Right? Don't you worry. Do that all the time. We, we, it's not like I don't give you anything, but I, you can keep sending these links if you want to. Like, if this is a thing that you really want to do, <laughs> but you have to. I beg you. I beg you. You have to stop bringing it up in the way that you do. Like, I love you so much. Please, please, please. Just say it differently. I uh, and you do not know the service you will be doing for me. <laughs> this really was an intervention, my word. Yeah. Because oh it's God. like it, please. Will you do that for me? If you can I keep sending me to. the links. Keeps I want you to keep sending me the links, right? Because if this is a thing that you care about then here we go. I've got one. Why you no link to me, bros? <laughs> the reason is, Casey, because we didn't remember. Nobody remembered. Like, I love you. I love you so much. But there's nothing we can do about it. If we didn't remember it, 
We can't do it. I love that that's right? the one you found. Oh my god, that's great. So, please, 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 please. Like, you know what you could have done? Just been like, I love like, this conversation. I spoke about this before. This might be good follow-up. Or something like that. Anything. Anything. Please. Please, please, please. I love you. I love you so much. Will you do this for me? Okay, but in my defense, in this link, which I am glad this is the one you found, why you know Link Me Bros, it is clear, given my the way I've done this with literally the letter Y and literally the letter U, like maybe this doesn't come across to any other human being, but to me, when I use that kind of like, sometimes it's leet speak, sometimes it's like, you know, the kids these days mm-hmm. are talking. That to me is like uh, Craig Hockenberry's chalk lock, where yeah, it yeah. is clearly me just screwing around. Like if I well, if yeah, I was yeah. genuinely mm-hmm. affected on this one, I would have, and actually that's a great example that I was linking to, which is DuckDuckGo, because I feel like I was one of the first people amongst our peer group. I don't think I was the first, but one of the first to go all in on DuckDuckGo and talk about how yeah. it was much better. Um, so that's something that I would kind of expect that maybe you or whomever would remember. But anyway, be that as it may, the why you know link, me, link to me bros, that to me is like a clear. You know, you wrote invitation. this in 2015, right? You wrote this three years ago, like literally three years ago. It was important. It's still important. You should use DuckDuckGo. Why would I remember that though? I would assume that. Right, like, that's the thing. Because I would assume that you would at least. Re- I don't remember. I don't remember every post everybody ever wrote. I remember, like most people, the posts that like got significant attention. Would you say that this DuckDuckGo article got significant attention? Well, did you spend an hour talking about it in ATP? Because if you did, I'd remember that. Uh, we did talk about it some. I wouldn't say an hour, and it got significant but, like, attention more than if most. You of my became. Posts. The, the DuckDuckGo guy, which you didn't, if you became the DuckDuckGo guy, then yeah, people are going to, like, you know, that's the thing. People are going to remember it. But the thing is, here's the thing. Here's the thing about that specific tweet. Yes, you are saying it as a joke, but you have a pattern, right? <laughs> you have a pattern of doing it. So it doesn't matter how you do it. I always look at it and be like, he's doing it again. I see that now I'm at an impasse because now I'm thinking to myself, do I just ramp this up just to really screw with him, or do I really need to listen to this? And I tell just you right now. I tell you right it. now. This is this is this is my. I'm telling you. Well, I'll put this down. If you ramp this up, I'm gonna murder you. <laughs> All right. Well, the good news is I have great evidence for the trial, so that that's good. <laughs> yeah, I, but you know what though? I don't care. Right? Like I feel like it will be just. Please, wow. just, just like. We've spoken about it now, so I will know going into the future how you approach this and if you keep doing this then i'll know that i have to i have to take you out (laughs) but if you in future like you know you use different language try and just bring it to my attention some other place then uh we can move forward thank you for this intervention mike do it was so when you inevitably murder me and if Mm. that happens on british Mm -hmm. soil will will Mm -hmm. the trial be with the curly haired wig guys or is that not the case barristers i mean we can do that if you want to that's they're the curly hair wig people. Okay, barristers. Yeah. yeah. Can you when when you do inevitably murder me? Can we do that? I think on there's British a specific soil? case in which barristers are used. But yeah, sure. I feel like I'd have to be tried here for that because I might I might take you out during the wedding. I thought just that as like a gift to, I, to me. I, as a gift to you. Oh, thanks. I haven't heard the latest. <laughs> I haven't heard the latest bonanza because I haven't heard the latest almost anything. Um, mm-hmm. But I, 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 I don't know if murder was discussed during that episode. We, I, we haven't really addressed wedding stuff in a while. The uh, show has lost all sense of purpose again, but we'll get there. Delightful. Anyway, well, this took quite a turn. This was uh, not mm. the way either of us expected this episode to go. But let's, uh, let's cheer each other up and let's talk about something that's awesome. <laughs> I love you. You know that, right? Uh Uh-huh. Sure you do. 
I sure do. Today's show is brought to you by Linode. You, with Linode, you have an ac- you have access to a suite of powerful hosting options, and their prices starting at just five dollars a month. So because of this, you'll be able to get yourself up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. Linode has hundreds of thousands of happy customers who are all serviced by their friendly twenty four seven support team. You can email them, call them, or even chat over IRC in the Linode community. They know how important it is over at Linode to get you the help that you want and need. So so they also have a suite of amazing guides and support documentation to give you reference when you need it. They just want to give you as much resource as possible. Linode's intuitive control panel will allow you to deploy, boot, resize, snapshot, and clone your virtual servers in just a few clicks. And they feature two-factor authentication to keep you safe. Linode has fantastic pricing options available. Their plans start at just a gigabyte of RAM for only $5 a month. And they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash analog you'll be supporting us and also getting $20 towards any Linode plan on the one gigabyte of RAM plan that is four free months with a seven day money back guarantee there's nothing to lose so go to linode.com slash analog to learn more sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit or use the promo code analog2018 at checkout thank you so much to Linode for their support of this show so in our show notes I have how I Make Bacon, Go Pack, Go Pack Revisited. So we're going to make sure all the links are in there. Oh, Duck, Duck, so Go. So people can try we out. Duck, Duck, Go now. We talked about that one. Okay. Yep. I mean, I put I put the tweet what in. Are, you, know, you know what will make it easier? Let's just uh, let's just link every post of <laughs> mine archive? that has ever been written, uh, yeah, yeah. just to be sure. You know what? I, I'm going to get on that for you. Uh, I'm going to I'm just going to go here. I'm going to go. Where do you have? Do you have an archive page? How do I get there? Uh, if you do just slash year, so like you know, caselist.com/slash/2018, you will see everything from that year. I do not have any page that spans every year. So we're going to do post for 2018. Posts for 2017. <laughs> I hope you're kidding. We're giving you it. Good no, no, no. We're giving oh, you. We're gonna, I'm going to give you the promotion because I love you, and I, you know, I don't you know, mean you can, to wait, wait, ambush stop, you. Stop, 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 stop. There's an easier way to nope. do this. There's an Easter egg. I'll nope. tell. I will tell you and the listeners an Easter egg if you quit what nope. you're doing. All right. No, I'm doing it. All right. Well, nothing, tell us the know. Easter egg, but no, I still want people. I want people to get all the posts. Oh my God. All of them. So, because I noticed myself, this is actually probably feeding into the intervention, so I, now I regret having brought it up, but I noticed myself constantly linking to the same 10 or 15 posts that I've written at some point in the last several years. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? I wonder why that would be. <laughs> I deeply, deeply regret bringing this up. This is all getting cut. Oh, God. Anyway, if you go to caselist.com slash reference, uh, that is a hidden page. By hidden, I just mean I, I've never linked to it anywhere. And uh, I would appreciate nobody linking to it anywhere because it's not really for public consumption. I'm just letting our special friends in on this little secret. If you go to caselist.com slash reference, you will see a bunch of the uh, links. Although I haven't updated this page in a while. There needs to be a couple other links on here. But uh, a lot I of the links I might change that... this to the link on my Twitter page, just my Twitter bio. You just like... You know, just straight up, <laughs> caselist.com slash reference in case anybody needs to know anything. <laughs> in case you need to know anything about anything ever. Uh, yeah, you yeah. got it. Oy. All right. I need to be nice to you now. How's 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 the baby situation? What's going on over there in uh, the List family household? Uh, it is mostly good. Uh, we had Michaela's one-month checkup yesterday. It's already been a month, for goodness sakes, which is God, no, that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. January Someone 11. got that wrong. You need to speak to the doctor. They got it wrong. <laughs> January no 11. No way. January 11th. That's wild. I know, isn't it? Um, so she is doing well. Uh, she gained a bunch of weight uh, since her two-week appointment. So you have to understand, um, and I'm talking to- It happens to, to all of us. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. 
Oh God, I I don't know if this made the show, but I just went for a run this morning right before uh, right, right before we recorded, and ooh, I'm hurting. But anyway, um, uh, so in the beginning, when babies are first born, it is completely normal for them to lose a little bit of weight and then regain that weight. And so the first month or two, maybe even more of a baby's life, they are judged entirely by how many peas and how many poops they make. And additionally, how much mm. weight they lose and then eventually gain. And so uh, if you've never been a parent, that's perfectly fine. But it, it is a weird adjustment, particularly for the first time, to be completely and utterly obsessed with the quantity, quality, consistency of another person's All right, stools. I want to rein, we're going to rein this in a little bit. Like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm, I know, we're done. That's all I'm saying. So, all right, great, 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 great. So in any case, so the point is... Um, you know, early on she had lost a fair bit of weight, but she was a big baby, so that's kind of to be expected. And there was okay, and so that was at the two week appointment. They were kind of like, eh, you know, let's keep an eye on it, make sure she's eating enough, blah blah blah. And uh, in the, in two weeks, she gained nearly two pounds, which is significant because they say you know about an I've ounce. Done that. <laughs> yeah, and I've done that at one meal. Are you kidding? Um, <laughs> in fact, that that meal that we all went to at the beginning of WWDC last year, the uh, Brazilian meat place or whatever it was. Oh, uh, where you'd have the green and the red, and mm-hmm. you just you just like give me more, give me less. Yep, yep, you yep. ate a l- you ate everything. I tried a little bit of everything. Yeah, it was you delicious. ate everything. It was a good meal and like House of Prime Rib. I've had, when you did you do a dessert uh, cut I did at one. House? Yeah, I did. I did it one time. Then Apple went up and moved. <laughs> so, I'm going to take Adina there. Oh, it's so it's good. Part of honeymoon. Oh, it's so good. I took Aaron there yeah. once, and there's a story I can tell another time about that. It's not interesting for right now. But anyway, suffice to say, uh, we used to do like a a special friend's dinner, and I mean that in a nice way, not in a nasty way. A special friend's dinner of you know just a handful of us at House of Prime Rib um, at every WWDC, and that's this you know, steakhouse, if you will. And of course, they serve Prime Rib. And one of the things you can do, and I think it's I don't know if it's free, but it, I don't think it was expensive. If so, is after you have your, your cut of prime rib, which is basically, you know, this tremendous amount portion of meat, you get these tremendous sides. This is all part of the entree. You get this really delicious salad that has things in it I've never seen in any other salad before. You can optionally, after all of those things, get what they call a dessert cut. And they will slice off an additional thin piece of prime rib. Like a wafer thin yeah, so a, a, as I would say, a wafer-thin piece of prime rib, but we're both right. Mm-hmm. Uh, one way or another, it's a very, very thin slice of prime rib. No, I say wafer, but it's just a, it was just oh, a joke. Then I've ruined your joke, and now I need another intervention for my lack of humor. But be that as it may, um, the point is that you get this little slice of prime rib, and I've always wanted, I, I have as, aspired to be the kind of man or woman who can get him or herself a dessert cut, but have never survived that long. And Mike, I had yeah. thought at least once you had done it, and you did, and you survived. Yep, I did, and I survived. It was awesome. This is the show of tangents this, today. What are we doing? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. We, we're, we're caught, so again, like oof. looking past the curtain of, of the way this show is made, we're recording like significantly much earlier. Um, I'm taking full advantage of Casey's paternity leave <laughs> and asking him to record in the middle of the afternoon. I actually was got planning on having a coffee before this. It may be um, for the best that you didn't. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that we're all lucky here that I have <laughs> So we'll bring it back around. And and, uh, and so paternity leave, uh, we're probably two-thirds of the way through. So, well, strictly speaking, we're out of paternity leave. Um, I'll explain in a second. But uh, we, I'm going to be going back to work um, the first full week of March. I will start easing back into work. And I've told work that... By my math, there are 22 working days in March, and between working from home and working in the office, I plan to work half of those, 
And then uh, by the last week of March, the last full week of March, I may be working from home some of those days, but I will be working a full week at that point. So I'll do, you know, a couple of days for the first full week of March and maybe like three days for the next week and maybe like four days for the following week. And by the time we get to the end of March, I will be doing one entire week. Um, now, strictly speaking, my paternity leave ran out at the end of January. By coincidence, exactly three weeks after Michaela's birth was the very last day of January, which I don't know, some event happened that day, I think. I have this vague recollection of something, and it, you know, it's probably not important. Nothing but, important. Yeah, not important at all. But um, but anyway, on that day, um, that's when the, was, that was my last day of paternity leave. And then I don't remember how much I've discussed this, but suffice to say, I'm taking some unpaid leave, which is afforded to me literally and figuratively by all of you listeners um, of this show and of ATP, all of you who have bought something from one of our sponsors or told a sponsor that you enjoy our program. Um, and I mean this genuinely, like it's because of you and because of that little bit of extra money that, that comes into the list household that, you know, we squirreled away knowing that this would be coming. Um, it's because of all of you that I'm able to stay home with my newborn. So thank you to all of you and to Mike for, uh, orchestrating a lot of those ad sales. Uh, thank you to all of you for, uh, uh, affording me the opportunity to do this. So how long is it left? So basically we're midway through February and the first day I will be on the clock will be the 6th of March, which is a Tuesday. Which and how do you feel about it right now? Like, do you want to go back? Do you not want to go back? Like, are you somewhere in the middle? Uh, I wouldn't say I want to go back. I am, and not... I don't mean like specifically to that place. I just mean back to work. Yeah, like, whatever work is. I mean, if I if I felt like I could survive living this life, if I financially survive living this life, I think I would absolutely choose it um, without question. And I think. If I could not have a jobby job or in, well, not even just a jobby job, not have like any traditional work where I'm working, you know, 40 hours a week or whatever the case may be. If I could get away without doing that financially, if, if you know, this show and ATP made 2x or 3x what they make such that I could survive. Jeez, uh, sorry. Well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You, I don't get your fancy pants free healthcare, man. Um, yeah. or something well, I pay like a that. lot of taxes. I was don't just worry about, about that. It's something like that. Um, but you know what I'm saying. Like in, 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 a, in a magical world where I can just, you know, uh, swish and flick and decide exactly what I want, uh, I think I would stay home. I, I wouldn't say I'm dreading going back. There's a little part of me that's excited to go back. You know, I've been doing a little bit of uh, development for myself, which I've talked about on ATP. Uh, trying to keep my muscles, you know, from atrophying and trying to keep my interest levels up. But yeah, if I could avoid going back, I I certainly would. And that has nothing to do with my particular job. It's just, it's nice to be home with the family. It's nice to be able to help out Aaron. And it's funny because, you know, early on she was like, oh yeah, you should stay home forever. It'll be funny. Ha ha. And as each passing day goes on, it's going to, it's now she's gone from like the joking to the bartering stage. And now it's become, well, um, do you think maybe you could stay home till like the end of March or like, or, well, you know, it would be pretty cool if you stayed home through like the end of the summer, right? Cause we have some trips planned and things like that would be kind of neat, wouldn't it? And so now I can tell she's like kind of bartering a little bit, um, which if I were in her shoes, I would be doing much more aggressively. So I don't falter for it, but, uh, it, that's kind of funny as well. So is there feasibility for you to take more unpaid leave? Uh, as far as my work is concerned, I don't know. So I think the rule is, and we discussed this a few episodes ago, that there's a law in America, FMLA, Family Medical Leave Act. And I think that that guarantees, legally guarantees my job for 12 weeks. And so all told, I will be at like 
eight or nine weeks, I guess, something like that. So I could probably go through the end of March. And I think if they tried to fire or lay me off, fire, fire me or lay me off or something, I think there would be legal repercussions for them doing so. But subsequent to that, it's only in their of, of their goodwill that I would continue to be at my job, you know, so like my job may be super nice to me. And if I, I could hypothetically say to them, yeah, I'm just going to take the rest of 2018. And if they like me enough, it's certainly within their, you know, rights to say, yeah, sure. But at that but point, like exactly, they're 100% exactly. looking for someone else, oh, right? Totally. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. as soon as you tell them that they're like, okay, Casey. And then they like, they start looking for a new Absolutely. person, right? Like, Absolutely. you know, cause that they're not, it's still a business. Like, you know, and also you're not like, that special you know what i mean hey, like, hey, you're hey, obviously hey. very good at your job no but I'm nobody kidding, kidding. is yeah. that good right at time. something that that they, they would just keep a job posting that you obviously need just open for a year it, it, you know it'd be, it'd be silly it's bad, it's bad business honestly um so i'll ask you then considering that your mind i think is starting to warm up and aaron's sound like it is significantly <laughs> have you placed any more thought into finding a way to double that income on your own uh i mean i came out with a second youtube video right because <laughs> that's totally gonna get me a whole bunch um, of money <laughs> that's not again like please do them because you like it but yeah, yeah. do not think that that's gonna make you any money for a long time because youtube doesn't make a lot of money no, for a lot of people for a very long time yeah yeah. No, i'll I'm... give you all of my adsense money if you want <laughs> like you can have it <laughs> it's right. like three hundred dollars or something it's you know well, hey, man, $300 monthly, that's one thing, but $300 over. No, no. Yeah, no, no. I, I had a feeling that's what you All meant. time. Yeah, Something well, like that. that I, I don't have the exact you know number, but I'd be surprised if it was more than that. Look at you bringing it back around to when, when I was telling you you were going to buy me a HomePod. So that's what you did. You used your YouTube money, and you really did buy me a HomePod. All right. Let me, let me go check it out. Buy <laughs> you. Oh, man. But anyway, uh, no, to answer your question, uh, based on the conversations on ATP, I've had a couple little nibbles, if you will, of people saying, hey, you know, if you really are looking to do something, I might have something for you. But in order for me to be confident, you know, like actually quitting my jobby job, I would want to have uh, maybe not an avalanche, but figuratively speaking, like an avalanche of people saying, yes, oh, my goodness, I need work or I need or I need help. I should say I have work. You know, please, please, please come work with me, blah, blah, blah. And I've gotten like five or 10 people say that. And that to me in some in a lot of ways that's actually somewhat refreshing because i feel like that's kind of answering the question that if i'm going to go out as an independent consultant at least there's clearly going to need to be a lot more hustling than just mentioning it on my podcast which is okay that's not necessarily a well, bad thing but i think starting actually is is a big like so honestly i believe that if you took some of those clients and you went for it, and you became that thing, it would encourage more people to actually contact you. Because right now, like, you are not doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's, this isn't a thing that you do right now. So you don't have any of the skills or anything in place, like skills of business running that would come from having a client or two. Like you've got to do all of that and like show that you can do it before I think a bunch of people would even reach out. I think the fact that you've had somewhere between five and 10 people offer to give you real time and money, like I think that that is incredibly positive. You should be looking at that as a, a positive of people actually wanting your time and effort and not a negative because you only got five or 10. Maybe, like, yeah. You have, you have no track record of doing this. Right, you, 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 in in this way. I know that you've been like a inverted commas contractor, right? But you work for one company, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that was, and I know they put you in different places and stuff. But like, this is a different skill set. Um, I think that. I mean, again, I'm not 
okay i am but i'm not in this instance trying to like trick you into doing this <laughs> but i just want to help try and i think set expectations a little bit differently that i think that that response is actually incredibly encouraging not discouraging yeah maybe i don't know and also like five to ten clients how many do you need well but i mean that's the thing like that's just five to ten like nibbles and i'm not yeah, sure yeah, but that... once you started doing something right like it opens you up to more people because that's just how it works word of mouth and stuff right so like you work for this one person it's like oh this is i need help and it's like oh well casey's doing this for me like and he's doing a really great job so maybe you you know that's how this stuff works right like when i quit my job we had like somewhere between five to ten sponsors mm-hmm. it wasn't a lot but like, we didn't have a lot of companies but it it's the beginning it's the beginning of something and if those people can give you an, an amount of money which is something which is significant that is a excellent place to start because the other thing is yeah you do need to hustle right but that's just part of life and you can't do that hustling until you've started and having a base is what you need so i don't know um do do what you want to do ultimately right like I'm, i'm honestly not trying to be like do this because you have to but i just want to help set expectations slightly differently because i have a very very different opinion of them based upon what you said so yeah and i mean I, we could go on, on on this particular topic forever and, and there's there's a one of the things i've been able to do with with some distance from any sort of work is is even though as with any job i have problems with my particular job there's something to be said for going somewhere literally and figuratively going somewhere um doing your your work and then coming home because more often than not, my job does not come home with me. And once I leave the office, that's it. Like I use a MacBook Pro as my work computer, but nine days out of 10, probably 99 days out of 100, even though that MacBook Pro comes home with me, I, I, I never open it. You know what I mean? So what I'm trying to say is that like, if I were an independent consultant, I would have to be hustling even when I wasn't working. And so there's a some amount of lack of an end of the day when not only do you have to work to earn money but you have to then work outside of the work in order to set up the work to earn money and so um yeah but yes and no uh like you you make the hustling part of the work day right like you, you don't have to do and you probably won't do a nine hour work day for for clients it's not going to be as set as that right like there, there will you will might have like two hours a day for this person, three hours a day for this person. Well, that leaves you at least one hour to try and drum up some new business. Yeah, like it just become like you're thinking of it in a, in like a very different light. Like you will have different responsibilities and and time requirements that you could build in the business finding into that. And also the other thing with the way that a lot of contracty type stuff works is you might do three months worth of work for six months worth of money and then spend the rest of the time looking for business. Right? Yeah, like fair th- point. There, fair there, point. there are there are different rhythms. And the other thing. <sighs> If you want to set yourself boundaries, you can set them, right? Like, I think that one of the problems that you have uh, is a lot of your friends are, are workaholics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, right? And I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, that you, 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 a lot of the people that you know that are self-employed care about their what they do so much that they don't stop thinking about it. Um, and that is just a thing. That's what I am, right? Steven's like that. I think Marco's like that to a point too, right? Where, like, I know that you guys 
needle him for never having a job, but he's always thinking about it, right? And that's that's kind of one of the the traits of somebody that really really cares about just the thing that they do specifically. And you maybe don't have that as much, but I bet you think about ATP a lot, and you know because that's the thing that you care about. And I think that there is traits of workaholism go hand in hand with things that you care about because it's I don't know like I I I think how people define that kind of stuff as like a workaholic it gets a bit wonky when it's someone who's doing something that they really love because yeah it's not really work in the same way I don't know but my point here I'm, I'm rambling significantly now my point here is just that like I think that you could set up boundaries if you wanted them yeah but you don't yeah. have to like underscore is really good at that stuff Right? Yes, and and yes. he does part. He basically does the stuff that you want to do. No, he, he does, doesn't though. That's no, the thing. No, 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 I mean, like he does iOS app development and podcasting, right? So like it's similar kinds of things. And I know, I know the difference, right? I know the difference in having your own apps and being a contractor, but um, there he still is good at setting boundaries. And based upon what he does and what you would want to do, I don't see why you couldn't also set those boundaries. Yeah, I understand that. Um, I think if if in this you know swish and flick world where I can just invent whatever I want to do, without a shadow of a doubt, if I could tomorrow have my own independent app where I was making enough money to to survive, you know, similar to what you know underscore is going it has going on. Like not to say that he's scraping by, but I just mean to say he can earn a living off of his you know eight thousand different apps that he has in the app store. If I could have that, I would quit my job today. I would quit it and tell them I'm not even working my two weeks and just, just be like, no, screw you guys, I'm out. Not because I don't like my job, not because I don't like the people there, but I would just be so unbelievably excited and ready to be home with my family like for the foreseeable future. But that's the thing is that I don't have that waiting for me. I have you know, the, 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 the whole contracting life, which is, even though it happens at home, oftentimes, it is a very, 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 very different life than that of any of a Marco or an underscore. But we've talked about this long enough. I'd like to talk about something that is far more interesting, which is tell me what's going on with the wedding. No, uh, I love you. I'm sorry that I keep bringing this up. (laughs) Um, And I only wanted to bring it up today just because it sounds like opinions are starting to change and i i i really just want to make sure that that you have all of the information possible to you um and that information unfortunately is just people's opinions uh but i just wanted i just wanted to share it so i'm sorry to keep going on at you no no no, it's fine it it, i i know it's from a from a place of uh of love and and of good, good spirits Unlike your intervention minutes ago, which was just mean. Um, but no, that was on the good spirits. <laughs> I know, I'm giving, I'm giving the the good time. spirits were the good spirits were. Please, please help don't me make, love you. Please don't make me murder you. <laughs> but I could see some barristers from from the grave, so that would be fun. Um, exactly. No, no, no I understand. Nice. I'm not upset by it. I just I feel like I could. You and I both could go around and around and around on this because there there's no clear answer, and we could go around and around on this for days. And what's also tough, particularly for me, is I don't, I, I've seen some, I, I have some ideas about what contracting is like. I have some ideas because I've done it. I have some ideas of what being independent is like, which I haven't really done, but I've seen all of you and all a lot of my dear friends do that. But 
I haven't ever really lived it. And so because of that, something that may be very clear for you is not so clear to me. And that's mm-hmm, perhaps mm-hmm. a good argument for me to just go ahead and try it. But I am a big wimp and I don't like to rock the boat unless I feel like I am pretty confident that that boat will keep me afloat. This is a terrible analogy, yep. but I'm committed. But anyway, no, no, um, and so because I'm a big scaredy cat, I huh. I don't feel like I'm in a position that I want to, sitting here now, I don't feel like I'm in a position where I want to risk any sort of family turmoil, particularly financial turmoil, just on the on a hope and a prayer that things are going to work themselves out. And yes, I understand. Like a lot of that's under my control, if not all of it. But, but you know what I mean? Like I... I I would want to have a pretty clear plan and vision, and I don't feel like I have that now, and that scares me. And then when I'm scared, I'm inclined to not do something stupid and, you know, prevent my family yeah. from being able to eat. I just, again, really implore you to just see if you can try and make that plan at least. Like, sit, you know, spend some time seriously thinking about what a plan would look like. It will help clear this up for you. Well, yeah. One way or another. Yeah. And I think the, the other part of the problem that I'm running into is I really don't, I don't think I have any particular passion for being an independent consultant. Like, sit, again, sitting here now, maybe in a month, I'll change my mind and I'll decide that this is yeah, exactly what I want it's to do. It's lifestyle. It's not about the thing. You want the lifestyle. So, like, find the thing that helps you get the lifestyle. I didn't want, Casey, newsflash, I didn't want to sell ads for a living. <laughs> right? Uh, but it's what I do, and I've come to enjoy it. Uh, I get the thrill of the sale, like anybody does. But I do that part and have done that part because I want to do this bit. Yeah, yeah I understand. Right? It, I, I never dreamed that I would be the person selling the ads because all I wanted to do was just make the content, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes there are things that you do that make up the whole picture. So you may have to do some consulting work whilst you're also working on your creative projects and your side businesses, you know, like, but, but you get the lifestyle that you want. So, you know, don't assume it's, it's really important to assume that just because you're self-employed, you're doing the exact thing that you want to do, because frankly, it never is because there are always things that you don't envision no matter what it is. Right. And that can be just down to filing tax paperwork you become the person who does that. It's not part of the dream job. Right. But it still affords the lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I don't know. I mean, it's all fluid. We'll see. We'll see how I feel in a day, in a month, in a year, et cetera. But I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough thing. I mean, the fact that I'm even considering it is is something I should be very f- thankful for. It's, so It's a very positive step to even consider it. And <laughs> I, I hope that you're able to formulate the plan to help tell you one way or another whether this is the right thing for you. Yeah. That's what I hope for. Yeah, we'll see. Now, speaking of plans, tell me about the wedding. Um, we went for a menu tasting. Oh, that was the first the... time I've seen the venue as oh. well. Oh, okay. Uh, so, How was that? Because I was sick when... when uh, do you remember? Like, I was sick, mm-hmm. so I, uh, I I wasn't able to go see it. But yeah, the venue was, was packed because it was a Thursday evening, and that means that there were lots of people out drinking. Um, but the venue's huge. It's massive. It's probably three times, oh, wow. three to four times bigger than the previous place. So that's good because as as our guest list grew, I was starting to get a little bit concerned that we weren't going to be able to fit everyone in when we needed them where we wanted them. So uh, this is good. We have no problem there. We have more than enough space for everybody. Uh, the food was good, right? But it was in line with what I would expect to eat at a wedding. Mm-hmm. Right? So like it was, I think, good wedding food. 
we have a few different options. You will be happy to know that one of these options is a very good fish and chips. <laughs> we should, well, not today because we've already gone on enough tangents, but we should have a conversation about we'll that conversation. We'll get to time. that. We'll get to that at another point because, yes, there's a whole situation <laughs> with fish and chips going on. <laughs> I want to get to that later on. But, yes, yeah, so we're happy with that. And today, we mailed our invitations to the United States of America. Oh, how expensive was that? That was very expensive. Uh, it was a hundred pounds in postage. Oh God! Because we sent them oh. all tracked. We want to know that they're getting to where they're going to go. Oh, you um, no guaranteed it. stuff, but they're they're tracked. Well, you know, I just I, I, we don't have an infinite amount of these invitations, mm. and mm-hmm. the invitations were pretty expensive. I don't doubt uh, it. Right, because that's just how I am. Um, I think that they were well within what my budget was, but it was still, it was not a cheap endeavor. So we just want to get them all there. So we started with the US, then by the end of this week, we're going to have them all the European ones mailed out as well, with the hope that they will all start to arrive at the same time. Um, and again, like the, it's even funny that we're sending invitations because they, they serve no real purpose anymore. Yeah. Because we've already done our RSVPs, we did our RSVPs online. And basically, all the invitation does is confirm the information and tell you about the website. Because then all the all the information you really need is on the website that Adina built. So, you know, but it's going to be there. They, they look incredible, though. The invitations are so wonderful. I love them so much. Um, one day, I will share them with people. So, like after after the after we're married, I will share pictures and stuff of the invitations. Um, well, obviously for reasons that you can assume not beforehand because it has basically all of the information about the wedding location wise on it and date and all that kind of stuff so we will share them at some point but i thought you already got married in wembley uh at the turn of the year no no it's the end of this year oh it's the end of this year oh it was never made clear it was never made clear apparently i see okay my mistake so uh we are at a point now where i feel like emails with our planner are daily Mm-hmm. I don't know why or how this has occurred, but we are communicating on a daily basis. I was whilst swimming today. Yes, I'm swimming. I'm very proud of myself. I'm very proud of you. Send you a congratulations later on. Twice a week now I'm swimming. Um, I uh, was thinking to myself, I actually think this is harder than buying the house, hmm. the planning the wedding, mm-hmm. because... We have to make every decision before it happens. Where with the house, mm-hmm. we could be like, oh, but we'll just do that part later. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We'll do that part afterwards. So we need all of the money and all of the decisions taken care of before the wedding day. Like, I, I, I am finding this, I think, to be a more stressful experience. I mean, I do remember that buying our house was was a horrific tale of paperwork, a lot of the time it was just waiting like it was just waiting on stuff this is like active on a daily basis dealing with situations and i feel like we have to do a lot more of it right like i feel like even though we have a planner and they're awesome there's still things that we need to take care of where like with the house it was mostly just waiting for solicitors to do things right like we wasn't we weren't actually really doing anything sure we were just waiting on people to do stuff but we have to do a lot more i do think like i don't know how we wouldn't have been able to do this with a wedding planner and I have so much respect for people that work out how to do this on their own. 
I mean, we don't. We thought we were going to have a small wedding. We don't really have a small wedding anymore, <laughs> and and I just I have no idea how people take care of this stuff. Like, we want to have a double decker bus to take people from the plate from the 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 ceremony place to the reception, and we were just like, oh, okay, we know we're just going to get a bus. But what we hadn't realized is that because of the increase in people from when we originally looked at this, we're now going to need to get two buses, right? Two double deckers. Yeah. Oh my word! How yeah. big is this wedding? A hundred and sixty-five thousand people. Would you believe? It's a lot. Of <laughs> it's people. Good thing you have Wembley booked. No, we're, we're over a hundred now. Okay. And those buses seating take like seventy-five or something like that. So yeah. it's like, I definitely could have seen a situation in which I would have ordered one bus and never thought about it. Mm-hmm. Right, if, if it was just me, and then the day would have come, and then twenty-five people don't know how to get to the other place and then we would have had to have dealt with that on that day right like making sure that people got in taxis and stuff like that right so my point is i i don't i wouldn't have been able to do this without a wedding planner and i have so much respect for people that managed to pull this stuff off because it's a freaking nightmare i can't wait for it to happen very excited about getting married i'm also very excited about this planning ending Yep. There are it's like two things that I'm going to be very, very happy about. One is actually getting married. The other is not having to think about a wedding anymore. Yep. <laughs> I'm at that stage. And everyone knows where I am now, right? Like I'm at that stage. I vividly remember standing in the underscores kitchen at the podcaster Family New Year's, not the 27 to 2018 one, but the 2016 to 2017 one. And I remember talking to you and Adina and trying to find a way to say to you without totally ruining your moment, because I believe you were freshly engaged or, you know, reasonably freshly engaged at that point. Um, trying to figure out a way to say to you guys, planning a wedding is kind of the worst experience in the entire world. Now, not unlike having a child, (laughs) the actual wedding or having a child, you know, is absolutely worth it. But planning a wedding is the friggin' worst. And I remember I had, I don't know that I've ever been more stressed or more continually, like just latently, is that even a word, but just had a latent anger or or frustration for such a long duration than when we were planning the wedding. And not that Erin did anything wrong or different. I mean, she took care of most of it, to be honest. I mean, I tried to participate as much as I possibly could, but it was just, to your point, every little thing needs a decision things that even we could not like the two of us as a unit could not have possibly cared less about needed a decision and it's just never ending you're exactly right and i i have said to you i've said on this program several times it's very cliche to say it but my wedding truly and honestly was one of the best days of my entire life it really really truly was And that was not just because I married Aaron, which would have put it right there in and of itself, but because I had such a great time with the family and friends that were in my life at that point. Um, But, oh my word, getting there was a friggin' nightmare. And I feel for you, Mike, and I feel for Adina, and I know that it's only going to get worse before it gets better. But I assure you, particularly for you guys i think we're gonna have a friggin' great wedding I think it's gonna be are. so awesome like so you know that's that is carrying me through is i am very confident that we are gonna have just an incredible time well and the thing is for you guys you are and, and hear me out for a second you are asking a lot of of most of your attendees because almost all of your attendees 
outside of like 10 people, like 90% of, of our attendees are coming from overseas. Right. And or even just let's just li- say another country, even Romania, I consider to count it's, in this context. It, it is over a C. Like oh. over, an, you know. Okay, so, so there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. So we're saying the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that's an unreasonable ask. I'm not saying that that's unfair or you're doing anything wrong. All I'm saying is you guys are 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 in a particular way asking a lot of everyone. And in a particular way, anyone who is coming almost exclusively really, really, really wants to be there. I don't know a lot yeah, of people. They really want to be there and they really want to have a good time. I, right. I don't think anyone is coming to our wedding that only kind of wants to come or exactly. feels obligated to. Right? Like we're not in that situation, which is great. It's actually one of the reasons we decided to have it in London, honestly, yeah. is that we only had to put this thing on for the people that we really wanted to be there. Yeah, yeah, I completely understand that. And so in so many ways, I think that you guys are setting up, as you're saying as well, for a really tremendous wedding. But, oh, man, it stinks getting there, man. It's the worst to get to it. But I'm glad the food sounds good. And I'm glad that you're going to have some fish and chips. Mm, Just for you, baby, just Mm -hmm. for you. One last thing I wanted to just mention. We were talking about this stuff last night, me and Adina, and I was like, I have three trips to the U.S. before we get married. Um, I have my bachelor party, WWDC, and the Atlanta Pen Show, right? The wedding feels super close. Those trips feel super far away. And it's like it's adding to this like just constant stress that I have right now. And like it feels like I have these these three trips on the horizon, but they're like far away. But no, I have to do all of those first as well, right? Like can you – how far away to you right now does WWDC feel? Like oh, it feels forever. like an infinite mm-hmm. period of time away, oh, yeah. right? Like it may as well be next year. Oh yeah. But my wedding feels like it's just about to happen. So like I'm in this like my brain is all screwed up. Yep. Time wise. But uh there you go. Everyone will get to hear about it. Uh I wanna talk about me some more, but before <laughs> we do that actually this even in this sponsor break, I'm gonna talk about me. Wonderful. We're gonna talk about Anchor. Anchor is the fastest and easiest way for you out there to make a podcast because they make it so simple. You just download the Anchor app. You don't need a recording rig of any kind. And then you just record into the app like you're talking on the phone. You literally just put it up to your ear and talk into it. Then Anchor takes care of the rest. There is no quicker way to share audio, your thoughts, your opinions with the world. And as well as being able to create a quick podcast of your own, Anchor's a great social network as well with a bunch of really interesting uh, features, including the ability to call into stations. So if you have somebody whose work you enjoy on Anchor, you can call in, lead them a message, you can tell them you like the show, or you can lead them a question, and then people who are creating on Anchor can add those questions to their station and answer them. It's a great way to do AMA type stuff, and I have been doing Doing this for the last few weeks um, every couple of days i'll pick out a question that people have called into my station with and i'll answer it so if you go to anchor.fm slash mike hurley that's a-n-c-h-o-r.fm slash mike hurley you can sign up you can find out more about what anchor is then go to my page leave me a question and maybe i'll answer it at some point uh, on on my station so it's really awesome go check it out anchor.fm slash mike hurley uh, we've been working a lot with these guys and they're doing some really really cool stuff so you should go check them out uh, thanks to anchor for their support of this show it was my birthday it was and it was great good good what'd you end up doing 
Um, so on my actual birthday, uh, we didn't really do anything, which is kind of what I wanted. We went for a nice brunch at a local place, and um, Adina treated me like a little prince, uh, which is exactly <laughs> what I needed. Uh, a lot of attention, a lot of gifts. Um, I think she gave me 10 birthday cards, which all oh. had little little hints and things in them so that was really great i only got eight of them on my birthday because two of them were held over for the weekend because they were clues about where we were going for meals i got some incredible gifts so she did it again uh, this was so adina is very good at gift buying i think i mentioned this right that she she I went so. above and beyond mm-hmm. initially and there's kind of set the bar very high for herself and she was she came right down to the wire because a couple of these gifts had to actually arrive after my birthday but i got all the information about them on my birthday and it, this was through no fault of her own there were some extenuating circumstances but the the top things that i got i got some cufflinks that are made out of vintage fountain pen nibs uh, of course you did <laughs> which i will be wearing these on my wedding day I'm oh, saving that's them for fancy. that. They're very, very, very cool. Um, when we went to New York for the first time, we got introduced to the Everything Bagel. Mm-hmm. The Everything Bagel, the flavor of the Everything Bagel, may be my favorite flavor on the planet. Like an Everything Bagel with cream cheese is basically one of my favorite things in the world. Like, not even just food. Just, like, flat out, it's just one of my favorite things ever. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Adina imported two shakers of Trader Joe's Everything Mix. (laughs) You can't get it here. So she had to import it from the States. That was an interesting one because we got food through customs, which you totally shouldn't be able to do, I think. But maybe seeds are okay. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, they got that. So Trader Joe's Everything Mix. I have been liberally shaking this over cream cheese on toast, mostly, because our bagels suck so mostly just good bread that's what i've been oh my god so good and a single serving of 30 year old whiskey Ooh, it's like a little bottle mm-hmm. very very tasty and it's as old as i am so there you go it was oh, great that's i had a great day i was i was treated very nicely we had a wonderful meal over the weekend in a great restaurant and we went for some fantastic drinks before and after uh some with friends and some night it was very nice over the weekend and i was i was treated very well so yeah, I had a great birthday. But I have some I have some thoughts about birthdays, Casey. Because mm-hmm. I got lots of wonderful messages. Um, something that I've never done before on a birthday or whatever is I created an Apple Note in wait a note in Apple Notes is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say, and I saved a bunch oh, of them. Okay, I used to do this kind of stuff in day one, but I don't really use day one anymore, and so I just figured I would just save them in Apple Notes. I don't know if I'm ever going to look back, but you know, I just thought it was nice. So like people that I really care about, or if people say something specific, like particularly very nice to me then then i would save it but i was thinking i had a thought about halfway through the day that in today's world in the modern world birthdays are like social media management events yeah like because everyone i think on their birthday today gets inundated with messages like to a level that is way more than usual like however much you get like whether people are tweeting at you or sending you facebook messages or instagram posts or whatever it's always exponentially more on your birthday yep and i just found myself like for most of the day responding to facebook messages or iMessages or tweets and stuff like that and it was wonderful and i really enjoyed it but it was just really funny to me that like this is where we are now with all of the apps and stuff that we use, all the communication methods we have at our disposal, that your birthday becomes this like 
social media management thing, even to the point of like, do you even publicly talk about the fact that it's your birthday? <laughs> because yeah. if you decide not to talk about it, then no one will message you. So that you have a choice here. I mean, I took the choice of, I want to make sure everybody knows it's my birthday because I want to be showered in admiration. <laughs> and so I got all my messages and tweets because I wanted them, right? And I'm being serious, like I wanted them. So like I tweeted about the fact that it was my birthday, right? Like I posted a, a oh, I didn't also did some amazing happy birthday balloons. Nice. And so I, 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 I sent an Instagram post and a tweet that I said happy birthday on them. And that was, you know, I was just signaling to the world that yes, it is my birthday. If you want to send me a message, I would appreciate that today. But I could have just as easily done nothing and nobody would know, right? Sure. So it was just interesting to me, right? That, that, that you, this is like, it becomes this thing that you can broadcast to the world if you want to have people talk to you and say nice things, or you can keep it to yourself. It's, um, it's funny, a few years ago, I decided, and this was, I think, well before I had any even modicum, small modicum of quote-unquote fame, uh, I decided years and years ago, just by the burden of my peer group, like my friends and family, that I am not buying into the Facebook in, uh, happy birthday game anymore. I'm just not doing it. So okay. if a friend of mine has a birthday and I notice it because of Facebook or because of, you know, my my exhaustive uh, little black book of friends and family, if mm -hmm. you will, as we've discussed on this show in the past, um, if I notice it, I will either, you know, congratulate the person in person if it's somebody that I can see day to day. Uh, I will send an iMessage if it's somebody that I'm close with. But what I've decided I will never, ever, ever do is do a Facebook birthday message because I felt like even in like 2008 or whenever it was I decided to start doing or stop doing this, it was like this obligation that I feel like I, I felt like, and it's probably all wrong, but I felt like people were judging me like, oh, well, you said happy birthday to Johnny, but not Susie. Why didn't you say happy birthday to Susie? Or you said happy birthday to Susie, not Johnny, you know, or whatever. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to play this game. So I just never wish anyone a happy birthday on Facebook. If, uh, if I really give a crap with respect to anyone, if I really give a crap, I will send an iMessage or if I don't have an iMessage, you know, uh, or text message, if the case may be, uh, if I don't have one of those, uh, you know, if I don't have a phone number for you, then I will maybe tweet or something like that. But I just, I feel like even on the giving end, it's such an obligation that I just don't, I don't buy into that game except for like the, the family and friends that I really, really, really deeply care about. I, I did also notice that like of all the messages that I received, the Facebook ones were like the most generic. Oh, totally. Absolutely. And it's for that reason, right? Like when you see somebody like Facebook, like explicitly is like, it is this person's birthday. You must wish them happy birthday. And so like it kind of pulls a lot of the nicety out of it. But I think it even like in some cases like pre-fills a message for you. So it's like there is no care really in it so much. And I think it's because for whatever reason, it became this like social contract that everybody agreed mm -hmm. to that on somebody's birthday, you would wish them a Facebook happy birthday. You know, happy birthday. So, you know, I, I figure that that is just a thing that will continue and then you can decide if you want to join in with it or not. But I typically never log into Facebook anyway. I very rarely spend time there, so I don't wish people happy birthday on Facebook. Sorry. 
Facebook friends. <laughs> Sorry, you guys are just not worth my time, which is basically what I was saying. I read Facebook and LinkedIn. I pay no real attention to them. I have pages on both. I don't accept any requests unless I actually know someone, and I don't ever post to those networks. I'm just not interested in them anymore. Yeah, that's totally understandable. But I keep my accounts going because you never know what what the future may hold but i just you know i don't like facebook i i had an account i deleted my account and then started a new one and then just like went from the beginning again i i, I just don't really like the, the social network i just don't it doesn't really push my buttons in the same way that something like twitter or instagram does um facebook's just not my bag baby by austin powers anyway uh no i totally hear you i am super glad that you had a really good day um great day i this is you know the the crummy thing about having a geographically dispersed friend group is that is a day like your birthday is a day that I really wish I could have been there with you even if it was just like let's go catch a drink real quick you know um mm-hmm. I, I this is one of those times where I am sad that we're so well I mean I'm often sad we're so far away but you know what I mean like it would have been really neat irrespective of anyone else that we know like we obviously have a tremendous amount of mutual sure. friends but even just taking you and i in isolation or let's say you me and adina and aaron in isolation it, it would have been so much nicer if i could have met you for hell a coffee even or like a drink or what have you you know somewhere on or around your birthday and it bums me out that you know i'm not going to see you for another three or four months or something like that so this is one of those times i am both thankful that we get to talk all the time and that we have become such good friends despite this tremendous geographic distance, but also sad that there is a tremendous geographic distance. Right. Well, but this is one of the reasons that I don't like to do things on my birthday because so many of the people that I care about can't be there. Yeah. Right. So it's like why, you know, I, I, I have built over the last couple of years, a growing number of friends in London, which I'm really pleased about. Um, that has made a big impact on my life, which I'm very happy about. Mm-hmm. But so many of the people that I truly care about, I only see a handful of times a year. So it's like, why even bother doing a big... There's no point in me doing a big thing on my birthday because people can't come. Right, right, right. So yeah. All right, let's take a break um, and thank our final sponsor for this week's show, and that is Squarespace. Enter the offer code FEELS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace lets you easily create that website for your next idea. You can make your next move with Squarespace. If you want to create an online store, portfolio, a blog, a site for your wedding, wink, wink, a site for your uh, <laughs> band, maybe for your business, it doesn't matter. They have everything. Any type of website you want to make, Squarespace is the only one platform that will let you do it. You can grab a unique domain name, take advantage and customize beautiful award-winning templates, and even have everything supported with a 24-7 customer support team. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. Everything's in the web browser. super accessible. I was editing stuff on my ipad on our wedding website very very easy to do you don't have to worry about it squarespace have got you covered and all of their award-winning templates are so wonderful they they have custom made ones for certain types of website but they're all flexible and customizable to allow you to show off your great ideas you can sign up for a trial today with no credit card required just by going to squarespace.com their plans start at just 12 dollars a month but you can get 10 percent off your first purchase and show your support for this show if you use the offer code feels f-e-e-l-s at checkout our thanks to squarespace for the continued support of analog and relay fm don't forget it's 10 percent off your first purchase with the code feels squarespace make your next move make your next website all right so we're not quite done with the 30 discussion though so what is it mm. like to be 30 it's fine <laughs> it feels totally fine yeah. like it, it, i'm kind of cool with it like we were out of the weekend 
um, out in like a hipstery part of London with some friends. And I'm like, I think I could get used to this 30-year-old <laughs> lifestyle. It's not really any different. But sure. like I realized that, oh, wait a second, nothing actually changed. I, I, don't, I don't feel old. I feel... This is news to nobody. I feel the same as I did when I was like 25. I got to 25 and I think I stopped in my brain. And I think a lot of people are like this, right? You, you, once you're in your 30s, you're actually, you just still feel like you're in your 20s, really. Like there isn't, there isn't a specific thing it, it, that has changed that makes me feel old. So I'm good. And I'm not old. 30 is not old, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm totally It's the you. oldest I've ever been, right? It's the longest <laughs> I could perceive. Sure. No, I, I totally hear you. And, um, and I think that that makes perfect sense. That's basically how I felt as well. And I am a month away from my 36th birthday, almost to the day, in fact. And so, Boy, you're, yeah, you're real getting up there. I now. know, I know. And so at this point, um, I am angling in the direction of, of 40, which is scary. And I, I'm not entirely comfortable with that, but you know, I've got a lot of thirties left, so it's, it's good so far. I wouldn't say a lot, Casey. <laughs> I would say like a very small handful. I see how it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see how it is. This, you know, I didn't realize this was bad cop episode, Mike Hurley. Oh, God. It's my turn. Are you, uh, are you still editing that show by the way? No, no, we have a wonderful editor, Jim Messon. Oh, okay, I didn't care. Yeah, I know. I'm, differences now. I am yeah. familiar with Jim. I didn't know that he was doing it. Moving on, we uh, we need to talk about Computer Science Club, which we uh, punted on last week, did we not? Uh, I think we ran out of time last week because Michaela discussions and things like that. But mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. we watched at least episode two and maybe episode three. It was so long ago. I don't even know which ones I did. I watched watch. episode two and episode three, and I feel like we took some time on the last episode to explain a potential outcome for computer science club Mm -hmm. that outcome has uh arisen (laughs) Um, so i want to do i want to do this is the way this is going to go all right i was going to tell you about what i learned in episode two episode two was about electronic computing so from kind of from the 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 era of abacuses and uh the, the first programmable computers we go into the 20th century for machines like the Harvard Mark I, which was made for military stuff in World War II and for planning out scenarios and things like that. Um, it actually ran the Manhattan Project simulations, and it was full of mechanical relays, uh, but they were slow. They could only move 50 times a second, so complex calculations on the Harvard Mark I took a lot of time and they broke a lot. Um, this was actually the machine where computer bugs, the term computer bugs, was created because it was coined by Grace Hopper in 1947 because these machines attracted moths and insects and would break when moths got in them. So Isn't that wild? They, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I love that that is the reason, right? That moths, so they really were computer bugs and then they would just call it a bug in the system and then that kind of just became yep. a colloquial term and then just the term. Yeah, and the other thing about the uh, Mark One, which I, well, there are two other things I thought were super interesting. Number one, apparently there, it, it's, it, the thing that kept it all in sync was it had a 50 foot long shaft running through it. Like that was their high tech mechanism to keep everything in sync was just having a really, really long rod running through really the entire machine. Rod. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, I mean, if you think about it, all technology is kind of like that. Oh yeah, totally. But it's just funny that that was the case. I mean, you could, you could argue, you know, uh, uh, you know, a crankshaft or something like that on a car would be something similar. But anyway, uh, the other thing I thought was very interesting about the Mark one was this is when they decided to discuss that, if you think about it, any computer, any computer from then to now 
It's all about just flipping switches really, 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 really fast. And the thing that made the Harvard Mark I so much slower than a, a more modern computer was that the switch was a relay. And given that we're on Relay FM, I thought that was kind of you know poignant. But um, yeah, I mean, so like one of the one of the things in our original naming ideas is it had to be something uh, computery, and Relay was one of the good words yeah. that we picked, and it also encapsulated a lot of other things that we were trying to explain with the name. So right. So uh, I just thought though, it, it, even beyond that, that it was neat that they explained. Well, if you think about it a relay is a physical thing, right? It is a physical switch and it has a, mm -hmm. a mass to it, or, you know, I would say a weight to it. And I know that's strictly speaking, not exactly what I'm trying to say, but it has, it has, uh, it has heft to it. And so you can only move a physical object in space, but so quickly. And that's when, and, and I think you were starting to get to this, you know, that's when vacuum tubes and eventually transistors come in. And I just thought that that was a really neat foundational moment was look, the general idea behind a computer is not that different from the Harvard Mark I to today. The difference is, is that our switches got a hell of a lot smaller and a hell of a lot faster. So in 1904, John Ambrose Fleming created the thermionic valve, which was the first vacuum, vacuum tube. And then uh, in 1906, uh, Leader Forest adapted the designs of the diodes and the thermionic valves um, to make them have on and off states. So obviously this made things run a bit quicker. It was became more interesting. And then from this, uh, well, I'm trying to think of the word, from this innovation, I guess, the Colossus Mark I was built by Tommy Flowers in 1943. So it's significantly later. This machine was also installed at Bletchley Park to decode Nazi communications. It was the first programmable electronic computer. So a lot of stuff happened at Bletchley Park. Like, there was no joke. That was a big place for computers, right? Like, there was a lot of really interesting stuff that happened there, and this was just another one of them. Um, then in 1947, uh, the transistor was developed at Bell Labs. This was a big uh, evolution because it made it made the, the, the idea of the switches, these relays, into solid-state components, which meant that they were more reliable, they wouldn't break. Um, the explanation of how a transistor works was a little bit above my pay grade. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I could understand that basically it took something that was fragile and made it reliable. This ended up leading to smaller, more cheaper computers, and we still use transistors today. Silicon Valley was named as such because this is where the development of the transistors was mostly localized with a couple of different companies, including Bell Labs, um, and transistors are made of silicon. Um, I did find this really interesting, right, that when we we're going through the last two episodes, it seemed like every five to ten years, maybe a little bit more than that, some innovation came along and, like, changed the way that the computers were made. Mm -hmm. You know, from, like, the early 1900s to, like, 1945 or something, there were a bunch of different things that were happening, right, from, like, uh, original switches to the vacuum tubes, and then they were, like, programmable, then the first electric programmable, and then the transistor came along in 1947, and we still use them today. Yeah, and that was fascinating to me that it stopped. And I know that there have been obviously lots and lots and lots of other incredible advancements and transistors are way more complicated and incredible than they were. But like that base technology that was developed in 1947 is what we still use. And that, that was really interesting to me. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, there's talk of, say, like quantum computing as an example of something that may be the replacement, if you will, mm -hmm. for uh, for for transistors. And so, like, yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, there are stuff being worked on, right, that might 
change this into the future. Quantum computing is a great example. But it's 2018, right? Yeah. Like, it wasn't 10 years since the creation of the transistor. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I found that to be, to be quite interesting. Yeah, I completely agree. So, I enjoyed episode two a lot. It was really great. But this is the problem. So, Computer Science Club uh, is mostly, and would mostly be, me explaining what I've learned. And then you can throw in extra context when needed, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's what the last two have kind of come to, and I thought that was interesting. The third episode is about Boolean logic and logic gates. Mm -hmm. We have passed physical things at this point, and it goes over my head. I I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't understand what was happening. Okay. It was basically like uh, the, the... the, what was the presenter's name? Carrie-Anne. Carrie-Anne, that's it. It was like Carrie-Anne was speaking another language. <laughs> like, because I could hear the words, but I didn't know what they meant. And it seemed like either it took an incredible jump, or it's just that this is, this really is just like a thing that I can't compute very well. But really, like, I, I didn't, understand anything like i got the very extreme (laughs) basics of this like i wrote down uh move beyond binary right like it wasn't just ones and zeros anymore and that logic became a thing and boolean logic algebra so not and and or Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's when that's where my notes ended because (laughs) once she just started describing not and and or and like the different states and like why you can have this thing but what makes it different if you use boolean logic Mate, I, I couldn't. I, I I couldn't get it. Yeah, like, and that's understandable. So the so I'm torn because I 150 percent understand why this was frustrating and why maybe this didn't make a lot of sense. And even having had a four year degree in this, a couple of things I'm like, wait, what? Oh, right, right, right. You know, I had to think about it real hard. And and you know, I have, and I have a background in this. Um, I think the reason that this. I'm going to tell you that this this particular episode was important, and then I'm going to change my mind about it. So I'm just warning you now. But the reason I think it's important is because these gates and these things that they're talking about, the the AND or NAND gates, etc., those really are the foundation of everything we're using today. Like all of your memory in in your iPhone is built on this same stuff. And the key that you're supposed to be gleaning from this is if you think about it, we went from a single transistor to a group of transistors to a logic gate, which is in itself a group of transistors and then you start putting gates together and then you can start building memory and you start putting a bunch of memory together and now you've got say 64 gigs of ram or whatever the case may be right so this is important because it's the foundation of how a lot of that stuff works including you know cpus as well how a lot of how cpus work but one of the key themes of this entire series is that once you just accept it as writ that this is how they work, you can kind of ignore that going forward. And so it's both very important that you understand it and in actuality, not really that important at all. If you just say, okay, there's magic that happens with and and ors and nots and nans and so on. And all that I really need to know is that a, and any of these gates is built on a bunch of transistors which is in and of itself a really freaking fast switch. And that's all you really needed to glean from this episode. But roles reversed, I would be equally um, disheartened and maybe even frustrated by it. So I totally am not faulting you one bit for feeling that way. 
and my concern is that this is what it's going to turn into now. So I, I, I think we may have to abandon this. And, project. and that's fine because, like, I just think that I'm not going to get anything out of this. And you know, I think I mentioned this last time. And what I liked about Firefly is that there was a thing that was happening, and we could talk about it. But we could, we weren't just talking about what happened. We could talk. I could talk about my theories, and there are no theories for sure. me to have here. Yeah. And I also just at a fundamental level can't follow what is happening. Um, so I think that maybe, unfortunately, maybe this, this one isn't for me. And that's okay. I, I, I would encourage you to, if you had time and we, we never have to talk about it on the show again, but if you have time, I would try a, a couple more episodes or perhaps even jump to like the middle. Yeah, you know gonna, what I mean? I subscribe to like the playlist in YouTube and I will keep it hanging around. Mm-hmm. Right. So like it, it will pop up in my recommended and stuff every now and then. So, I will watch some more, I'm sure. Yeah, and I mean, if if you fancy talking about it, we certainly can, but I'm not expecting you to. But I, especially once you get through the kind of slog of this low-level stuff, like the next one that, we're, that we did not watch is about binary. And I think you probably understand already enough basics about binary that you can kind of sort of bring together, you know, understand it. The following one is about uh, arithmetic in, in computers, which is a little bit wonky. Same with registers and RAM. But then we start getting into CPUs, instructions, and programs. And now we're starting to get into like programming, et cetera. Now, of course, we're on like the 10th episode. So there is a fair bit of work to get to this point. But, you know, some, and you had said this to me way back in the beginning, like early programming, programming languages, programming basics. Like these are the sorts of things that maybe would land better with you. So even if you skipped a whole bunch and just jumped straight to the middle. And again, I'm not trying to say that to imply that we need to talk about it on the show ever again. I'm just saying I would, I, I think Mike Hurley. The person may enjoy it, even though, even if analog, the podcast never talks about it again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, as an alternative, I, you know, hearing you talk about Ble- Bletchley, how do you pronounce it? Bletchley. Bletchley. Uh, hearing you talk about that, we I'm springing this on you, which is completely unfair of me, but maybe we can consider doing like a mic at the movies that is around the computer science theme, but it's something that's a drama. So I'm thinking about like the imitation game is the first thing I thought of, which is, um, uh, I believe it's Benedict Cumberbatch uh, playing Alan Turing. Have you seen that one? No, but I've heard that it's maybe not that good. Oh, I thought it was fine, <laughs> so, but I mean, whatever. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I've only I have seen it. it. I've only seen it once, and I thought it was good. I wouldn't say it was great, but I thought it was good. Uh, we could even go reaching back into the into the history books. And we could watch um, uh, Antitrust, which was a really hilariously bad, but in the funny way, uh, movie that was ostensibly about um, about Microsoft. And then what was the one where you're not going to know off the top of your head, I bet. Pirates of Silicon Valley. Yes, actually you did. Yes. Have you seen that one? I've seen it like five times. Okay, okay. I love that movie. Okay. It's terrible and I love it. It's a, exactly. um, I would recommend that we could do one of these in the future but I don't think we need to rush to. Oh no 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 certainly not certainly not next week or anything like that but you know listeners if you have something that's computer science themed either tweet at the show or tweet at me I'm not going to sign Mike up for this but if you have something like that that's computer science themed and uh, and my friend uh, Stee slash Stay had actually uh, just sent Stay. me a text message uh, saying halt and catch fire which I've never se- I think I saw one episode of and everyone- I saw the first season of okay. it and it was good so I've I've only seen the first episode and I thought it was fine. I wouldn't say it really grabbed me, but if you know, that's another thing we could consider is doing some sort of episodic thing like that. So Mike and I'll talk, but if you have recommendations, let us know. 
And uh, we're going to have to stop here instead of doing Relay Your Feels because, as usual, we've run too long and have gone in way too many tangents, which is mostly my fault. But I want to do a bunch of Relay Your Feels next time. So if you have questions for me and Casey, things you want to hear us talk about, uh, send a tweet with the hashtag Relay Your Feels and we'll pick them up uh, on a future episode. All right. Until then, enjoy your computer sciencing.